Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jessica Benson. Jessica Benson. USC graduate. Oh, come on. Joins us on Tuesdays. Ooh, wee. I'm, I'm in my bag right now, dog. She is wow. Jessica Benson. Yeah, follow her on X, Jess Benson TV. Host the Jessica Benson Show with CJ Hurd on Grind City Media. Joins us every Tuesday. Joins us now. What's up, friend? Oh, you know, just. Recovering from the weekend still. <laughs> Trying to move on from a loss I can't escape. That's right. That was, <sighs> that was the first one. That was the first loss of the season. And that is the right. brutality of college <laughs> football, isn't it? You know, if, if, if USC basketball or Memphis basketball or the Grizzlies lose a game, you know, on a Saturday night, it, it stinks. But, you know, we'll always have Wednesday. You know, we'll be right back. and It'll be the same thing. And all things are still possible. You know, in college football, that is not the case, is it? No, and it's so funny because I think that's one of the things that made the UW-Oregon game in the afternoon, like, so unique, was I didn't walk away from that game necessarily feeling awful about Oregon. I know Oregon fans were out to get Dan Lanning, but ultimately it was just a great college football game of two top ten programs who very well should be the the top two teams in the Pac-12. I think there's now a very clear line between those two and everyone else. And USC is one of those. So, like, Oregon can still look at goals ahead on the table. Meanwhile, for USC, why are we playing? Why are we playing the rest of the season? Yeah. Caleb Williams, not going to win the Heisman. USC, not going to the playoffs. Yeah. Actually, not going to the Pac-12 championship game. We're going out sorry, and we're not prepared to go to the big, bad Big Ten. Mm. And that is incredibly worrisome mm. coming out of a game against Notre Dame where they scored 48 points. Man. 48 points. Man. Is that like... Is that an? It must be sort of existential in a way. Like yeah. we're we're gonna have to change the way we play if we expect to win in this new league. Because it felt to me like Notre Dame is sort of like I I I, I sort of use this comparison with with Jason yesterday. But it's like when Memphis would play, you know, these zone defenses, uh, you know, in their heyday, and they would sort of have to shoot their way out of it, and they had a hard time. You know, it just kind of felt like Notre Dame through that physicality that zone defense at USC and they just, you know, they, they, they didn't, they couldn't crack the code. I mean, is that, is that an existential crisis for this, for this football program? I think absolutely. Like on the micro, yes, it stinks to lose in South Bend. And there was a lot of promise that this would be the time USC goes into South Bend and, and gets a win against Notre Dame. And so you, you hate to see how it all transpired. But then I think on the macro level, like this is who this team 
is, and there is so much more of a rebuild to what Lincoln Riley needs to do in order to ultimately compete in the Big Ten. And if you watch, and unfortunately I watch all of the USC games and they get away with it, but they're not built in the trenches. Like, and, and that is how Big Ten football is played, and it always feels like there's a, a different level of physicality that's just not there with both their offensive and defensive lines, and that's going to continue to get exposed. It's why, you know, I think back to – it's very different. Like USC football is in a very different place, but USC a couple of years back played Alabama, either week one or week two, to open the season at Jerry World at AT&T Stadium. And they got walloped because they looked like they were playing an entirely different brand of football than what Alabama was putting out there. And those big programs, uh, they're just built a little bit differently, and that's where I think UW and Oregon will have an easier time transitioning – over to the Big Ten, and USC has to do some serious soul-searching and some serious recruiting and transfer portaling because you can only ride behind the next Patrick Mahomes and Caleb Williams so long, and when he has a game like he had the other night, uh, it, things spiraled from there. It wasn't even the defense's fault. That's what's absolutely bizarre about that game. Yeah, because you used it, because you, you said his name and John's used it too, John thought he was trying to be too much Patrick Mahomes in terms of that one you know, he had to do everything. He's had to do everything all season long, especially in that Arizona game just a week before. But was this a case where it was Caleb Williams trying to do too much of the fancy stuff? Or, is, or, or Jess, is it more – I mean, people were sending me stuff that, look, this is the first real defense he's faced, and there are serious mm-hmm. question marks about whether you, all should, whether you should take him number one. I mean, which, which of the two do you think it was? Bad game trying to do a little bit too much, or, or this is a real, a real deal question about Caleb Williams? I still sit in a space where like, I think Drake May is tremendous, and so I don't, I don't really care about Caleb Williams not being the obvious number one pick because I think depending on who has that number one pick, there is a, a general argument to be made between Caleb and Drake May. But where it comes to Caleb Williams is this: all of those fancy Patrick Mahomes-like plays where he has had to enter that mode have been by necessity. Right, I don't think right. it's Caleb Williams going out there and trying to emulate and show like, hey, I can be this generational quarterback. It's no, I'm running for my life and I have the uh, incredible ability to escape that pressure and these inescapable situations a lot of times, especially against lesser defenses. And, oh, here we have Notre Dame who will just put them in a different category. And it really threw him off. And, and to throw those three interceptions in the first half, it felt like things spiraled from there. And, and this team really goes the way of him, fair or unfair. That's how it's built. That's how Lincoln Riley teams are built from Oklahoma to USC. You have your big bad quarterback, and it's everything else around side it. So if that quarterback has an off night, it makes it ridiculously hard to come back and, and to find stabilization. And that's where you saw USC just spiral well thank god for boogie it's almost boogie time so uh, <laughs> almost boogie time baby. if all else fails Todd washington has led us astray so we'll That's have right. to focus on boogie i wonder if they talk about memphis ever you I'm know sure they do i'm sure they do for sure i mean that's i mean maybe not I mean, does maybe boogie not. talk to boogie talk so much with his oh, game okay. he lets his game speak gotcha you know I, I feel like we've been saying boogie's gonna save us in in la for about four years now so uh, sure have. It is amazing. It is amazing that he's still there, and we're still having a discussion on Memphis Radio about him. So, shout out, salute, dude. That salute. Is, it is amazing. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Memphis football. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I have to answer for USC, you have to answer for Memphis. Oh no, dog. Uh-uh. Yeah. That is <laughs> That's the way it works. Look, we had a. It, it, you know, it's it's a lot like losing in South Bend. You know, when you go up against Tulane, it's just a physical team, uh, and uh, you know, you, the stabilization. Right, that you're looking for, as you mentioned, it's just hard to hard to find that footing against such an outfit. 
Um, so, yeah, look, I mean, I, I, I'm asking you the questions. I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I've, I've already sort of said my piece about it, which is Ryan Silverfield finds himself in a no-win situation the rest of the year, even if he wins, mm-hmm. right? It's like you've now put your – I mean, that's the league. That's the nature of this league. It's brutal because if you drop the few opportunities, you know, the one, if they had UTSA even, that would be two, but you don't. You only have one. So when you drop that one, your margin for error is nothing. You're, it's nothing. Um, and unfortunately, when you get opportunities like that and you blow them, I think that's really costly. Am I looking at this the wrong way? Is there a positive spin to be had? It's a lot to, to, uh, to shoulder. I realize that for you, but is there? <laughs> Not really. Like, I could sit here and, and certainly try and say they could still find their way into the AAC championship game and could still win the AAC. But right now it just feels like the win got sucked out because you only have those breadcrumb of opportunities. And in both both the game against Missouri and this game against Tulane, you had genuine opportunities to go out there and win the game. And that makes it feel all the more painful. It feels like things slipping away. And I think ultimately if you, if you take something to carry on and you, it's a team sport, but I really was looking at Friday night less from the scope. Everyone else was looking at it from the, this is the biggest game of Ryan Silverfield's career. And I looked at it as, this is why you have a third-year quarterback in Seth Hennigan who's mm-hmm. supposed to lead you into these opportunities, go out on your home field and prove you are the guy who can carry your team uh, into, you know, at that point Memphis is in the conversation. They're probably a top 25 team. You start genuinely speaking about them as the potential group of five representative in a New Year's Six Bowl. And instead he throws a, a very costly turnover in, in a critical time and wasn't able to be that guy. And and I think that's a, a tough thing to hold on to. And now you, you go the rest of the way, but I, I can't even really throw out platitudes because Thank for you. all the excitement that went into to Friday, it's going to be really hard to even build back a fraction of that, that atmosphere, the level of commitment of fans for this team, and instead it's very ho-hum, like, all right, right. let's go play UAB in North Texas. Really hope we go 2-0. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, no, nobody's excited about that, all right? I mean, it just, it, it, but, but you're somebody that, that you know, your, your, your life has, has been dedicated in many ways to college football, so you yeah. sort of can speak <laughs> to this. Like, the, the, ambition, the ambition that Memphis should or should not have they clearly do have ambition. They clearly do want to get to a different league, although I don't really think that's going to be decided or dictated by what they do or don't do on the field. But mm-hmm. let's just say, you know, that Memphis is 8-4. and four. You know, like, the, the, it's hard to fathom moving on from a coach if he is 8-4 and four perennially. But a, a, a deeper dive into this league and how bad it is and how, how I mean, it, it's, it's awful. It really is, and, and, and Memphis caught some breaks with this schedule, and I'm not necessarily suggesting that they are going to do that, but how complicated is that decision and discussion for Memphis football considering their league circumstances, considering where they are with Ryan Silverfield's tenure, considering what they aspire to be? I, I'm with you in this. I, I don't think it, it matters at this point. Like, either Memphis – is enough of a brand um, that it's going to carry itself into whatever the next iteration of real life. Like they're always, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Right. And and there's been a lot of brides who have gotten the call up and to, to see the crowds in Houston can be really frustrating. Yep. And ultimately when you're going to watch the crowds at SMU and understand that they were able to, 
essentially buy their way into the ACC is going to be frustrating. And if you're Memphis, you just have to just got to go out there and keep competing and hopefully string enough wins that you at least remain a relevant product. The thing with coaching decisions, like you're never guaranteed to get somebody better. Sometimes the devil you know is better than the the devil you don't. And so I think it, it will be, you know, the, the criticism and the wanting a change starts to spiral a bit after a loss like Friday and fans, once fans turn, it's very hard to get them back. And it was already kind of on uneasy soil to begin with this season. And I just hate that because I don't necessarily think that's the problem. They're just, they're, they're a good team, not a great team. That's what it comes down to. And at what point do you pull the trigger in hopes that you find someone who makes it great? That's some, a job for somebody that I'm very glad is not me. Hmm. Uh, I always, I just get into the empathetic part of it. Like I just, I hate. Oh that yeah, I, no support. question. But but I but I always say this: like this is the life that Ryan Silverfield and any coach yeah, they chose. Up for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's yeah. it's the it's it's the life that you I mean, are are handsomely compensated well, to be in. You and, know? You, and when you say what you're going to deliver and don't, and, well, for sure. Yeah, that's it's all of us and how we're measured. And times. by the way, Jessica, like I'm, I'm happy to just you know fire the next guy if he's not good either. I'll just keep firing coaches <laughs> until you know what I'm saying like the Bears. But like you the, know, sometimes sometimes it's so obvious. Like for me, yes. not to bring it back to USC, but I firmly don't understand why Alex Grinch was brought brought back as a defensive 100%. coordinator myself. And oh, I think 99.9 percent of USC yep. fans feel the same way. And yep. so I am able to sit in a place of like authoritative, authoritatively speaking of. Understanding coaches know this is the business. Alex Grinch is not doing his job definitively, and I would like to see a change made there. It's a lot trickier when it's that that eight and four. It's not bad. It's not catastrophic. It's just not great. Uh, we know Grizzlies got one more preseason game on Friday before we start it up for real next Wednesday. What's to you in terms of what we've seen this preseason? What's been the most encouraging thing or the best development in your eyes? And then what's the thing you're most concerned about? Uh, you know, ahead of the season opener here. Uh, I've loved seeing Steven Adams exist on the basketball court and playing every other game and and showing that, you know, he can go back to providing the things for this team that he did so well. And ultimately you want Steven Adams to have the longevity of a season and make it to the playoffs. So we'll continue to see how that goes. But I just think a big takeaway. Great. Steven Adams is legitimately healthy enough to be back on the basketball court and your main guys in Jaron and Desmond Bain look ready to play. So, So that aside, I do think Zaire Williams' confidence and his production thus far through the preseason, you never want to go fully hyperbolic about what you see in the preseason. So, yes, he's shooting the ball from three really well. His percentage is up. Great. It's the preseason. It's more the attitude with it. Like, he's not afraid to shoot the ball. He's getting to the basket. He's getting putbacks, even the the little things surrounding his game. And what he provides from a a ceiling-wise defensively, if he is ultimately that choice at – being the starting three going into this first 25 game set of the regular season, um, it's huge. And and he was so vocal about the work that he put in and he wanted, he wanted it to be known that he worked harder than anyone this off season. And so often people will say that and don't always back it up. And so I think it's been incredibly promising uh, for him to back that up so far. He's 6'10". We know what he can be as that three and D prototype and, I just think if the Grizzlies want to to level up the expectations of these first 25 games, especially while John Morant isn't out on the court, if you have a guy like Zaire Williams and that preseason play carries over, uh, your ceiling gets a little bit higher for what you're able to achieve. 
We're talking to Jessica Benson, host of the Jessica Benson Show with CJ Hurd on Grind City Media, catcher on the Grizz Radio Network here on 92.9. I gather that you are a uh, a regular, uh, avid viewer of Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays or whatever whatever day he comes on, (laughs) Pat McAfee, and that you do, in fact, uh, want to participate with him on the vaccine debate. Is that what it is? Oh, um, no, I don't really need to do a vaccine debate. I just need to ask him some important questions about his Achilles recovery thus far. Oh, oh okay, um, not the vac- okay, not the vaccine piece. Okay, the Achilles recovery piece. No, he- yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Okay. Aaron Rodgers is so, so casually flaunting <laughs> his crutchless yeah. self in tennis shoes six weeks out from injury, less than six weeks out from injury. I am a part of an Achilles tendon rupture Facebook support group that for some reason I continue to be a part of. And I, I don't participate. I just read. And my favorite thing right now is the conspiracy theory that Aaron Rodgers didn't tear his Achilles at all. And I'm a capital C conspiracy theory, but all of the people within that group are so distraught seeing Aaron Rodgers parade out here like he's ready to legitimately return to football from this injury, putting a bad name to yep. the Achilles rupture, the worst injury that anybody can go through. And he's out here flaunting his abilities to perhaps come back sooner than anyone has ever done it before. Yeah. I just think it's very curious, and I would love to have enough money to be Aaron Rodgers to dive into all of the like new age medical uh, help for Achilles tendons between peptides and perhaps stem cell help mm. and constant physical therapy and constant uh, monitoring of that Achilles. But I also legitimately hope for him that he's not getting – uh, too ahead of himself because right. the whole reason, like, yes, people can start walking six weeks out. There are less conservative approaches to Achilles recovery these days, but the whole the ultimate thing is like, if you re-rupture, you're done. Yeah. Like if you have two Achilles tears on yeah, top of, the of your career, it becomes nearly impossible to come back. So I think he's flirting with fire a little bit, but that's uh that's the big talk of the Achilles rupture group. Everyone. It is true that, uh, you don't even understand how you know different it is for for athletes in terms of like the 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 like if you and I'm, I'm, you can speak to this, like I imagine it took you know months just to schedule a surgery like I've got a I've got a uh, I've got a friend who's like hey man find out who the uh, Grizzlies chiropractor dude the Grizzlies chiropractor is not finna mess with you like you don't you don't get access to the Grizzlies chiropractor bro like the treatment yes. that they get. You just as it's understandable because it's like their their line of work. But you know, if I tore my ACL tomorrow, they're gonna put my ass on crutches, and I'll hopefully get in there by January. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, oh yeah, people people assumed that I saw the Grizzlies orthopedic for my Achilles injury, and I did not. Um, but I was fortunate enough when I was demanding enough that I knew that I tore my Achilles and I needed to get surgery as quickly as possible. So I was in the orthopedics office the next morning and I had surgery scheduled within five days and oh, they wow. move pretty fast on Achilles because you can't, the tendon starts to grow back. So if you don't have surgery immediately, then you might as well yeah. go the non-op route and just go au natural on that. Exactly. Um, but it is wild to con I, and I remember even myself going through it with, with Brandon Clark who ended up tearing his Achilles maybe like three or four weeks after mine. And he was out of a boot before I was out of a boot. I was like, man, must be nice. No, no. I mean, because it's, it's, it's again, it's like you, it's you, also your job. It is. You know, like it for is. them, it matters it so much. Like, so what? I can't go out and 
run a 5K as quickly as I, like a charity 5K again. Yeah. For them, their body is quite literally their their moneymaker and how they play their sport. So it makes complete and total sense that they have a different set of parameters. But it it is highly illuminated <laughs> of how different it is for plebeians versus professional athletes. Uh, Jess, we're you know I'm I'm at the bottom of the fantasy league. You're sitting there, I think, at three and three. Uh, it's a big You'll- matchup for me if I want to stay relevant. This season, I noticed that Dak Prescott, uh, you will not have him this week. He is on by. You want to give us any hint who you might be looking at? Doesn't look like you have another quarterback on the roster who you might oh. be looking at on the waiver wire. It's very important information for me. Uh, any hints? Your, your opponent. Hmm. Well, I'll just say the ones the ones we have available. I'll tell you who I'm not taking, Jason, and that would be your Chicago Bears, Tyson Badgett. Okay, Badgett, Badgett, same thing. Yes, Don, you probably Bajan. don't want him. He's going to have a hell of a game. Division II uh, sure. player, undrafted. He can throw the ball better than Fields. Are you looking at Jordan Love? Tell the truth. Love. He's Baker. going against a bad defense, yeah. Are you trying to talk yeah. her into it, bro? You tell you're trying to talk her into I, it. This, I need to know because of the waiver wire thing. Well, it is. I know, I know. This is because I need a QB. against the Giants. Certainly, the yeah. Uh, I'll probably go with Sam Howell. Honestly, is he out there? Is it truly honestly, Jess? Because the- yeah. yeah, he's a better option okay. than Love for sure. Going yeah. against the Falcons, is he? Or no, I he's uh, sorry. Denver's defense is worse. It's uh, it's uh, the Giants. Yeah, yeah, yeah we got the Giants. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't. I appreciate listen. it. But one of these days, the Broncos are going to play an actual game of football. <laughs> maybe it's against Jordan Love. I doubt it, but maybe. Yeah. That defense is not going to the rope. It truly Jordan is. Love was just so bad. I mean, I get it. The Raiders and Crosby had him in a personal hell, but I can't, I can't in good faith okay. pick up Jordan Love right now. So if you want him, you go out and get him. That's what I'm wondering if I need to use a waiver wire. He got he got your blessing. Or if I can get you know if I can get through the waiver wire, save it, and you'll give me Jordan. I love how you assume we'll that she's just going to give you the competitive advantage of telling you what she's going to do. We're both at the right. bottom of the league. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, I mean he is he. More importantly than that, I don't have a backup running back to play <laughs> this week. It's, it's, so. It feels hard. This I mean just uh, every year is tough, but we're in a 12 team league. There just ain't much out there. If you're banged no. up or you, and now these buys have started, it's rough. Yep. It's hard living yeah. at the bottom. Well, I, I've got some some serious discussions to have, but out of the kindness of my heart, please take Jordan Love. Well, thank you. There you go. You're so you're so very welcome. But he's gonna have to he's gonna have to go to work his way down the list and get the blessing from everybody in the league, you know, because he doesn't right. want to have to make a I don't know that anybody claim. else needs a quarterback. Just as the one I, I think I need one. I've got Stafford. I think I'm gonna have to go make one. So. Oh, watch John just come and yeah, I mean, him out from under you. Yeah, I got. I think I need a quarterback with a good matchup this week. You so have, we'll, we'll you have see. a backup. Oh, you have Deshaun. Mm. Yeah, Deshaun's, you know, we're just, uh, you know, I, morally, morally it was, you know, obviously a big problem for me. That's why That's you're 2 you and get. Four. My husband took Deshaun Watson, too, and his leagues with Deshaun are all flailing. I mm. said, That's what and, you get. and now, of course, you got like a, a shoulder injury, right? Yeah. That's, uh-huh. uh, that's ironic for a dude that loves getting massages. Uh, no. It is. All right. It is. All right. Unbelievable. All right. The you're the best, Jess. Jessica, Have thank you. Best. You're the best. Thank Bye. you. Yep. <laughs> uh, she is Jessica Benson, uh, Grind City Media. If I get her on the record saying she won't do that, then she kind of won't. I don't know. You realize? Yeah, I, know, I realize it's a, it's a desperate it's a, it's move, a, it's a, it's and she's the opponent this week. Now. But she's not the only person that's going to be trying to look for a quarterback. Oh, she's she's. I'm pretty sure she is. Everybody else is locked in. Brad's got a 
team that scored 150 every week. Yeah. You and I down here two and four struggling. Gross. Yeah. My, just my, my, I was my regular quarterback is C.J. Stroud now. Yeah. Richardson's out for the season. I've got to pick somebody up for the yeah. week. And my choices are like Hoy- Hoyer, yeah. uh, Howell, and Jordan Love Dude, against ben a Hogan, bad Ben Hogan is one and five. How the mighty have fallen. He, I mean, he's our commission. Yeah. yeah. He stinks. Again, when you say that, though, his team, all of it – Turns yeah, it one around and, one and, five, and makes a, a playoff push. I think one and five. And Dan is well, sitting there at 0 and 6. I don't even think he's going to be setting lineups anymore. I will say that uh, Malcolm Rawls is coming to our league and taking it over early. He has. Again, very early. Very early. Yeah. Anyway, that's your fantasy update in 92 9 for sure. All right, we'll come back with the rundown. Stick around. Jason and John, 92 FM, ESPN. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.